Across the Gun Counter, guys. I'm your host, Joe Riva, joined by my co-host, Tyler Weaver. And we are here, you know, after all the holiday craziness, we brought to you guys two episodes in one week with Christmas the other week, or gift to you guys, I'd say. Wouldn't you, Tyler? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because we gave that gift to you guys, we decided to take a couple weeks off just because the, the holidays were pretty crazy for, for me personally at work. I know everything was crazy on your end as well, Tyler. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what was uh, any anything interesting in particular in the shop that, you know, was a holiday craziness? Oh. Project not, you had to rush to get out or no? Not really. I mean, right now, what's really been hanging me up is just shipping times. The shipping you know, times, uh, yeah. Yeah, I deal with a couple uh, tool rental companies and things of that nature. And uh, actually, I just got hung up with a bench rest rifle. Uh, bore diameter was actually too tight for any of my indicating rod bushings, so I had to go order like three different custom bushings in uh, incremental sizes, a little bit smaller to you know make sure I had one that will fit by the time they actually ship to me. So it kind of sucks getting a barrel all ready, you know, set up in the lathe, and then it's like, well, the bushing doesn't fit. So there it sits. Yeah. Well. But- at least you didn't have to rush out to get a project or anything of that nature out, so you weren't like under a time crunch. At least it was only the shipping. No, nah, no. Nah. You know, and a lot of people around the holidays are pretty, uh, pretty understanding. Yeah, that's that, that's really good. And as long as people don't overpay for shipping, I know you and I both ran into oh, a. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we we kind of got screwed on that one. Yeah, I'm not gonna call out any names or anything of that nature, but we. You know, Tyler and I both are we've we've kind of both been on an AK mag collecting kick a bit lately. I think I think you'd yeah, say that's fair to say. And yeah, we so we were both kind of hunting down bakelites, and we paid uh, a lot for shipping on bakelites, almost twenty bucks for one mag, and I wasn't too happy about it. And but kinda, it did come with lollipops. It did come with lollipops, yes. But and the mag did come. I mean, it didn't get destroyed. There really wasn't a lot of packaging in the box, so... The, it, it made it here. What do you want? It did. It did quick time, yeah. So I was happy about that. But on the on the plus side, I you know, for for Christmas, the other stuff, well, the stuff I paid 10 bucks for shipping for mags came in like just the same amount of time was those two <laughs> slab side mags. I ordered one for yep. myself for Christmas, and I ordered one for Tyler for Christmas. Yep. Uh, and thank you very much, Joey. Oh, you're you're very welcome. That You're very welcome. I figured that was... Uh, with all the help with everything, with all the builds and whatnot, that was a, that was a must-have for our AK mag collections. Was we needed to both mm-hmm. have some AK slab mags, and I'll much tell you, appreciate it. Oh yeah, no problem. And and honestly, I think so far they that slab magazine looks amazing in that M70. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but onto uh onto this week's topic. You know, so this week, what's what's our topic for this week, Tyler? I know this is one you're pretty well, excited about. Absolutely. Well, I don't know if I'm more excited or my wife is more excited who's joining us today to talk about women in the gun industry. Mm-hmm. Women in the gun industry. So this is this is something that we have been wanting to talk about for a while. We had mentioned in, I think, almost every single episode we've recorded so far. We've, yeah, we've talked uh, about something with females. Unintentionally. Yeah, unintentionally. It's, just, it's a topic, I think, that keeps coming back up, whether it be sales or shooting is in the past two years, we've just seen a general increase in women in the gun industry, whether they be shooting for themselves, actually trying to get into different jobs in the gun industry. I've seen a lot on Instagram. Yeah, it's been a noticeable uptick. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. And that's a very positive thing I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. So do we want to introduce our guest for today? Yeah. So our guest we have this week is Rose Weaver. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show, Rose. Thank Uh, you, Joey. (laughs) You're very welcome. So, Rose, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I already know who you are and Tyler knows who you are, but tell tell our audience a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background in the gun industry. Uh, Okay. So, unfortunately, I am married to Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) 
I met Tyler back in 2008 and we've been dating ever since. We got married in 2016. So it's been probably about 14 years that I've been pretty much introduced to firearms and gotten more familiar with them. So he was kind of my Your guy. The gateway drug. The gateway drug. Okay. <laughs> so before you met Tyler, though, did you did you do anything else with guns beforehand or were they in the house at all? I didn't do anything with them. There were rifles in the house. My father hunted growing up as a kid with his father. I knew my brothers had rifles in the cabinet. I knew there was ammo in there, but I never shot myself. I was never familiarized with any kind of firearm. Okay. So you didn't really learn any of that till Tyler, basically. Exactly. Okay, cool. So now, was that something that you were interested to learn? Was it something that you were, I guess, more apprehensive to learn? I was pretty open about it because I I was not familiar with any of it. Mm -hmm. He said, hey, my dad and I are going shooting one day. Are you interested in going? I was like, "I've, I've never done this before. He took me out and I fell in love with it. Now, what was the first gun you shot? If I remember correctly... It was his stag, the five five six. Okay, so the stag fifteen. Yep. Okay, cool. So the AR. Now, what did you think of that? I fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is which is really funny, and I'm not trying to dive into uh, a more political note here. I'm really not. But when it comes to the AR fifteen, it's a very simple and easy to use firearm, if you will, and. Compared to some other firearms like shotguns or big bore rifles, I found that personally more women are attracted to that rifle than something like a shotgun, a 12 gauge or a hunting rifle. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. The recoil in those are, is just so minimal. It's very comfortable to shoot, very versatile. Now, was there anything difficult about it for you to learn to use? Not that I can remember. I, I don't know. If... You didn't require like three years training and like a, you know... 12 page course and you know like all these tests or anything like that you know it was pretty much Tyler gave you the run, run down on the rifle and then here you go and then you know here's how the sights work and this is how you operate and so on and so forth. No 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 the main thing was reminding her to turn off the damn red dot. Oh turning that off the red dot. That was the hardest dot. part. Oh really? Yeah. Oh really so you so you had the you had a red dot on there and then so you actually made her learn with the irons first. Well the there was a red dot on there but every time she would get done with it she wouldn't turn it off. So oh, the next, gotcha. the next rain trip, we would go out. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> it's like, dead. hey, why is my optic dead? Ah, because ah, it was left on. Because Rose forgot to turn it off. Damn it, Rose. Damn it, Rose. Okay, that's hey, all. Go here. <laughs> so, did you shoot anything else then, or just the AR-15 initially? I'm trying to remember that day. Was that the day I shot your Garand? Yes, it was. Oh, wait, you got to shoot a Garand on your first trip out. Yep, that's awesome. Sure did. That that yeah, that's she all... moved up pretty quick. Props to you. I was trying to go in for a pause and like almost knock down my mic, like pause. <laughs> so like, cause that's awesome for your first trip. You got to shoot an M1 Garand. And for those of our listeners who I'm pretty sure every one of our listeners or all right, I shouldn't say every one of our listeners, but the majority of our listeners should be familiar with the M1 Garand. And that's one of the most iconic rifles of all time. And that was the U.S. standard infantry rifle of World War II and basically served with our armed forces up until actually and did see some combat use in Vietnam. So it's a very popular rifle. It's just very iconic. You've seen it in uh, basically any World War II movie. It's appeared. Just an awesome rifle. And they're just super, just super cool rifles. And just there's a lot of history behind them. And I, I could, we could do a whole, we will, mark my words, Tyler, Rose, we we will do a whole episode on the M1 Grand. Oh, absolutely. It, it just, it deserves its own. And I'm going to, I mean, Tyler, anything you want to say on the M1 Grand real quick? Oh, I mean, first and foremost, I probably should have went over it with 
Okay, hold up, hold up. Let me tell that story. Okay, yes, yes. What was your initial okay. impression of the... Actually, you know what, Tyler? We don't care about what you have to say about the one Grand. What was your initial you know, impression figured, of the one Grand? This is why Rose? we only have one mic and Rose is... <laughs> Get out of here. This is my time to shine. See, there we go. So, Rose, what was your initial impression of the one Grand? It really wasn't that bad. Recoil-wise, uh, I believe I shot it prone, too. Oh, did you? Okay. Is that? You shot it a few different ways. Yeah, I shot it a few different ways. You figure that was 14 years ago. I can't remember what I did last week. So, <laughs> eight rounds. So, eight rounds, 30 out six. This is one of the few times where it's appropriate to say you loaded it with a clip. Right? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that popped out at the end. Yes, the, the I- iconic ping, which everyone has this. This All right, so uh, real funny note on the M1 Garand. Uh, I do World War II reenacting it for, for our listeners who don't know that, which I think we had mentioned in a previous episode. But And there was an event we were at over the summer, uh, Jacobsburg Park. And long story short, they were talking about the you know, they had like this public demonstration and they get up there and every year everyone always uses that myth about during World War II, a soldier would hold on to an M1 Garand clip. And then, you know, when he had two shots left, he'd throw the clip and then, you know, the German would pop out and, you know, try and shoot him. And then, aha, the American has two rounds left and he gets him. No, that's complete. That's complete crap. And the reason that is complete crap is because in a one-on-one fight, yes, that may happen. But in combat, when there's like 30, 40 guys or however many guys, 10 guys, 15 guys, whatever the number is, you're not going to notice that counting the shots there's so many other things that you're going to be focused on that not necessarily counting the enemy shots it's, it's just not going to happen and i called that out at that reenactment at that public display and i said that and i basically said that myth was a joke you know like anyone who keeps saying that don't believe it yeah and i mean with everything going on can you actually hear that ping with you know I mean, six other people firing right next to you. Exactly. You can hear the ping, but like you're not going to know which guy came from. Well, the, yeah. the 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 host demonstrator was not too happy with my sarcasm, and he goes, "Well, <laughs> that he goes, well, that's one opinion." I go, "Yep, that's a." Uh, that it is. And I kind of just walked about and did my thing. But anyways, so M1 Garand, Ping, what was your thoughts with the Ping? I thought I broke it. <laughs> I thought I broke the rifle. Mm-hmm. And so what did you do then? I was in complete shock and I started saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And him and his dad are just laughing hysterically. And it's all it was all on video too. I don't think we have that video anymore. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, the Ping was nice and loud. I like froze because it's my first time, my first day out shooting and i just thought i broke a rifle that's nice of you tyler yeah you know i didn't tell her but she learned no but and then from now you know now you've shot a lot more you've shot obviously ak's there was the the one video in particular i will say i'm a little jealous of that tyler had showed me you shot the i forget if it was the hk 51 or the hk it was the hk 51 right the 308 shorty i might be getting my roller delay nomenclature wrong and oh, someone i'm sure will i, I can't even yeah, remember right? But yeah. the 308 the, short barrel. Yeah, the short barrel, the short barrel 308 full auto G3. That was freaking cool. I want that one day. Yes. One day. Yeah, see, I, I think you could definitely justify that, guys, for like the, the business or home defense, especially with everything going on in the world. Yeah, Just, yeah, maybe if we sell a car or two. I mean, you only need one in my. I mean, <laughs> I mean right? You work. You work from home, Tyler. I mean, one one car per machine. All right, that's that's a topic for another day. But so, Rose, so after you know your first shots and all that stuff, what what made you want to actually get into the gun industry? Because you did work in the gun industry at that time. It was more of, hey, this is my new boyfriend. I want to impress him. Oh, really? P- pretty much, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, you needed a job. What you needed a job? No, not then. I mean, I didn't start working at the gun shop until I was 
18, 19. Oh, really? That young? Yeah. Yeah. I was say about... that young, but that's, <laughs> that's really not that young. That's just, I'm just thinking young in terms of guns because I think I got into the industry about 24-ish, something like that. Yeah, so think about that. She was working at a gun shop and legally couldn't even touch half of them. That's funny, yeah, because you <laughs> you couldn't do handguns or anything like that. So what was your what was your role in the gun shop you worked at? Were you? I was a cashier. Okay. In that shop, the women were really I don't want to say allowed, but it wasn't a thing for women to be behind the gun sales counter. They were cashiers and ammo sales. Now, was there a reason for that in particular? Not that I'm aware of, I and I never really asked. Hmm, interesting. But I know, like, when uh, the manager was in the range for a reason, I did, I was able to show a few customers handguns behind the counter, but in that time, a, a sales guy would sh- show up and take over the sale, so... Hmm. Interesting. That's they wouldn't let them be behind the counter. I wonder if they're still like that now. We're, I'm not going to say any names or anything of that nature. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. But that but, that place is not a well liked place by old employees that I became very close friends with. Oh. Okay. So. Yeah. They don't. They've told me they don't really go there much anymore. So. Gotcha. Um. Personally, I you know all the shops that I know of are. I'm on good terms with everybody, but that's that's me. So, and I also only worked in you know two shops, well three, because the one shop had a shop on both sides of the border, and I you know I, I kind of did it both sides there, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, so, and I was also offered a job. I don't rem- of course I don't remember the name of the company. We were at a gun show. Tyler was buying me my five five six as a Christmas gift. Of course, I did the background disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I did the background check. Yep, for your firearm that was, you know, Tyler purchased for you as a gift. Yep, don't lie for the other guy. Yep, because that could be up to 10 years in prison. Yeah, yeah. And while we were there, the owner of that booth was a gentleman that came into the gun shop I worked at. So he recognized me and he knew I was no longer there and he offered me a job to do sales for him. That's funny. What's funny, Rose? That's the shop Joey used to work at. No way. Yep. Oh, you're just realizing that now? Uh, yeah, I guess I didn't know that. <laughs> that's Who knows? You could have even been at that show. Yeah, that's very possible. Probably was, because I used to do all the shows. All know. right, we're going to have to discuss that and see if the timeline matches up. Oh, I I, de- I can tell you it almost 100% does. I can't even remember the guy's name either, but that's that doesn't matter either. But yeah, I was actually offered a job at a gun show. That's funny. But that's, I mean, that's cool though. It's Was there a reason in particular he offered you the gun, the the gun black the the job of the gun show uh not to toot my own horn but he knew i was knowledgeable that's good and i think that's one thing people overlook in the industry is too there's a lot more females who are more knowledgeable with firearms than people let on and that knowledge is i don't know it can be it can be a double-edged sword because you know a guy i used to work with a while ago his wife was very knowledgeable about firearms too and people would try and you know pull ones over on her and she would just straight up school them and that that's to me that that's that's pretty awesome especially or to to me I'm going to say something that I find extremely funny and extremely great is 
is when women outshoot guys. And I don't say outshoot like it's a competition because I don't I don't think shooting is a competition necessarily unless you are doing a shooting competition or shooting matches or something like that. I think the end goal is when you're practicing, it should be marksmanship and you should be making sure you're improving your skills. Not necessarily always competing with your friend. I mean, though, hey, a friendly competition isn't a bad thing here and there. It, it's funny when you see, I've seen it several times with a, a couple of my friends who are female shooters and... Like, uh, I'll tell you, you know, it's funny you mentioned your the first rifle you shot was the Stag 15. One of my friends, she was a great shot with my AR-15 back when I was in Jersey. The the one, the first AR-15 I had, she loved it. Absolutely did great with it. I couldn't hit the broad side of the barn with that AR-15. I don't know <laughs> if it just, I, I just don't know if I was just always so familiar with heavier recoiling rifles or things of that nature that having something so light at that time, I was just almost too uh, too afraid of but i don't know it's weird plus one thing i've noticed a lot of women pick up shooting very well because they have the patience for it yes that's where a lot of guys kind of dive right in like oh i can do this and they're too eager you know yep too eager it's it's 100 true i've seen that all the time like mm-hmm. uh, one of the last times i went shooting with my one friend I, I think i mentioned this in another episode too she had actually we you know she shot one or two shots she's like hey joey you know i'm not am i doing something wrong i'm like yep give me one second put your hand here here and here and then bam 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 hole over you know hole on top of hole she was just hitting right where she was she's like oh i'm good thank you nice. and was, and, and, yeah and it was and it was funny because my two buddies to the right were just like uh, all right, gotta, gotta, you know, square up, and you know, <laughs> you know, like they were uh-huh. really trying to, like, all right, yeah, we gotta, we, we, we can't miss now. So that, that, that's always funny to see in my eyes. Oh yeah, and it's like, uh, what was it, Rose? The one machine gun shoot we went to out in Pittsburgh, and me and my buddy were just kind of off talking, and Rose got talking with one of the older gentlemen there, and he had this Ruger number one rifle, and I saw, you know, he picks it up, he kind of like hands it to her. And me and my buddy stopped talking because we know those things are never chambered in anything small. Yeah. So we're like, hold on, let, let's see how this pans out. You know, and she pulls it up. And what'd that end up being? 454 lot. 458 Ooh. lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 458 yeah. lot. And she just, you know, holds it to her shoulder just like any other rifle, you know, squeezes one off and just, you know, racks the gun. And, you know, that was it. Me and my buddy are just watching like, oh, wow, that was very uh, uneventful. <laughs> That's funny. We're expected for it to fly me back there huh yeah a little bit nope she held on mm-hmm. yeah I, i've seen some people that'll they can't hold on and desert eagle fly you know hit him in the face not rose she's gonna hold on to it <laughs> yep now you know in in our previous episodes too rose we did talk a little bit about women in the gun industry i talked about it from a sales perspective you know about how basically anything i can handle i feel a woman can handle for the most part you know i.e like a glock 17 like a full-size handgun something like that you know, I, I think most women could handle. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I know from my experience, however, <laughs> it all depends on the grip. Okay. Now, now, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say you owe me a now, Coke or someone knows it, but I don't drink soda anymore. So that doesn't, you can, you can take a Coke. I don't care. <laughs> jinx, poke, you owe me a Coke. I think that's what it used to be. Yeah, something of that. Jeez, wow, am that. I showing my age? Oh man, I, it's, I don't even want to talk about that because I just had a revelation the other day when I was talking about high school and reunions. Yeah, the, the, the potential. No, stop. All right, let's keep back on topic. Women back in the gun industry. Topic. Women in the gun industry. Um, previous experiences, all that good nature. Yeah. So your recommendations, stuff like that. You know, you said the grip. The grip is something that you always focus on. Right. So even though just from experience, Tyler and I have 
pretty much the same size hand. Mm -hmm. He's got a more muscular, bigger fingers, and I have the long, lanky fingers. So even though our hands are about the same size, they definitely do not grip handguns the same way. Okay. I always struggled with handguns, with mm -hmm. the types of grips, and my trigger finger. Okay. It will overhang the trigger, which would always pull my shots to the left. You have a similar problem that I have when I shoot. I, I tend to always pull to the left. And then if I think about it too much and try to adjust my finger so it sits just right on the little pad of your finger, then I find that I'm pulling down, I'm pulling to the right, I can't grip it right. So, yes, a woman can handle you know, a 45 handgun if the grip is right and she is comfortable shooting it. Okay, so basically you're saying don't start a woman off on a 45. Start her off on something she's more comfortable with, either like a 9mm or 22. I, I don't, I mean, 22 is a, you know, we discussed them in the other episode, but it's a good place to start. But what would you, what would you recommend to start something like a nine millimeter or a twenty-two? What would be your recommendation? Either a nine or I am going to say 45. If they can hold on to that handgun, and they feel comfortable with it in their hand and they're not going to let go, go for it. I actually prefer 45. You're not the only woman that I've heard actually say that, funny enough. Now, why is that you prefer 45? Or when you say 45, are you, I'm, I'm just assuming you're talking about a 1911. Yeah. Uh, Kimber makes some really good ones. The Ultra or, Carry 2, I believe, is the one. Or you talk about 45s in general. I just, I was just thinking 45 because of heavy 1911, something like that. Or do you just mean 45 I think, 45s in I think I just mean 45 in general. I know I've shot okay. a lot of 1911s. I can't remember off the top of my head if I've shot any other 45s. I'm looking at Tyler right now and trying to... No, he can't re recall either. But um, I've shot 45s and they the weight of the gun when the rounds... When the magazine's in the gun, it helps weighs it down so the recoil isn't so much. So basically having that heavier weight is just easier to mitigate and all that good stuff. Yes. So basically the the idea of handing a woman a small handgun that's very lightweight is not the best thing you're saying that's going to jump do not, around. Do not hand a novice shooter, not even a woman, a novice shooter like an LCP. Oh man, like I, I know I know I'm sorry I sounded like I was just kind of like really dumbing that down for but it's just like geez, I really I really hate I really hate that aspect and that thought process of handing a woman an LCP like that and just being like or a new shooter. Here's the LCP. Go because I actually do know someone who learned how to shoot on an LCP and good God, that was just that's probably a nightmare and it, just yeah. essentially ruined it for them. Exactly. You gotta go big. Do the what is it, HK Mark twenty three SOCOM or whatever it is. <laughs> the crew served handgun. Yes. Yeah, going full size forty five I don't think is necessarily a bad idea. I've I always like to start with nine person because I think having that weight and then having the less recoil behind it, I think is always a little bit better just to just to start people off. And then I because in my experience, just starting off 22, just never, I don't know, it just it never had at least until now. I know there's a lot more reliable 22s, but it never just had the reliability behind it to get anyone into shooting, especially a woman into shooting. Because like I had an old yeah. P, uh, 22 uh, P22 and it just was not cycling right. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one of Rose's first ones was a... Uh... What was it, the Smith & Wesson M&P 1522? And you sold that after, what, maybe a year? Mm -hmm. But hold up. Being a new female shooter, I had to deck it out in pink. But now I look at it and I'm like, what was I thinking? See, now, 
that was an initial appeal to you. And what was the reason you decided to get away from that appeal to it? The the pink? Yes. Uh, well, I got sick of pink, first okay. off. <laughs> what I liked about the MMP22 that I had is it was the AR style, where you can change out your accessories, make it more of what you want, put on oh, ladder rails. I thought you were talking about the pistols, like the MMP22 pistols. Oh, my God. Oh, no, 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 no. no. You said the MMP1522. Wow, I'm thinking two different. Never mind. I understand. All right. Wow. Okay. Brain fart. Two, th- two different guns I was thinking of. So I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, why? Because you changed it. At- Never mind. Wow. Because, yeah, they are. It's ever... much easier to change out the, the grips. I, I don't think I've really shot a 22 handgun really yeah tyler's shaking his head no i don't i don't believe i have i think i jumped right into nines and 45s i've, I've done 38 357 44 mag oh i've shot the the 50 oh what 50 the desert you eagle sh- oh did you shot the desert eagle too what'd you think of the eagle yep oh that snapped my wrist pretty good but <laughs> our uh, um a buddy i was still got a deagle. yeah i was still fairly new to shooting so and especially with handguns mm-hmm. and i was just like yeah yeah i got this and now i know what it can really do so next time i do it i will be more prepared see the the thing is you were shooting other guns before you had shot that desert eagle my one friend his his fiance or his girlfriend at the time they went out shooting and the person they went shooting with handed her a 44 magnum i think he told me and it just scared her away from shooting completely because she wasn't. Ex- yeah, see, I, I like how you, you know, exactly. That's the re- the, the response <laughs> I want to hear because that's not, that's not responsible. That's, that's not. Yeah, that's not what you do. I I have to appreciate the teachers I had. I guess you can say between mm-hmm. Tyler and his father. Shout out to Bob because I know he's going to be listening. They taught they taught uh, me everything I know about shooting. Yes, Bob. Um, they taught me everything I know about shooting. So if it wasn't for them, I probably would have never shot a handgun or any gun for that matter. Oh, congrats, Tyler, to you and your dad that you guys got Rose into shooting. And now she spreads hey, the word. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And now burns up all my money trying to buy guns. <laughs> hey, listen, there no. could be worse things. She could be out of the bar drinking. All right. This is true. See? So instead we have his and hers SKSs. See, which again, I, I that's that's awesome. That's, and Glock 43s. Oh, and Glock right. 43s. I forgot about that. My Tiffany Blue that I ah. just fell in love with when I saw it, and okay. I shot it once. Okay, no. So, little background story. I I forget. We were at this gun shop, and I forget what I was doing, but I was off looking for parts or something, talking with the guys that worked there. And, all right, you know, I got what I need. Next thing you know, I'm turning around, and the wife's doing paperwork. And I'm like, what are you buying? So... Sure enough, she pops open the case and it's like one of the Tiffany blue glocks and she just happened to get her nails done like right before that. So it matched perfectly. I'm like, God damn it. That was very unintentional, though. I'm telling you. I mean, there's worse things that your wife could be running off and buying when you're not looking. So I approve of that. I I approve of that purchase. Well, I came home with a Grand Cherokee recently, so. Now... Just got to now, Tyler. Now I know you and I were looking at some AK kits. I think you and I were talking about sequential Russian AK kits potentially. Yeah, maybe, maybe in uh twenty twenty three we got a Russian AK builds coming Ooh. up. We'll see. That would be really realize nice. that's that's three two three days away. Your point. Just because you say twenty twenty three doesn't mean you're not talking about. 
three days later. Oh, I'm not. We're not saying we're buying them in three days. We're just saying within that next year, we may be doing that. Mm-hmm. All right. Let me just check. Make sure. What can I? Uh, uh, what what organs don't I need to sell for those parts? <laughs> well, you got two kidneys. You only need one. Yeah. See, the problem is, I would never want to give up the one kidney because then the other would be lonely. <laughs> I mean, tell me I'm wrong. He. I mean. I get yeah. that. I mean, then less drinking. That's yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> well. Uh, anyway, back on topic. Back on topic here. So, so Rose, what do you what do you carry now, and how often? I know you haven't shot a whole lot lately, but what would you what do you like to carry, and what do you recommend to to new shooters, uh, female shooters? Well, you just hit a sensitive subject with Tyler. I haven't personally carried oh it's been several years okay i let my carry permit lapse but that's besides the point you're always with tyler who's always carrying anyways too so i mean essentially yes but i agree with him i i should get my carry permit back and you know be more prepared yeah absolutely because you always you know you're responsible for your safety and whatnot especially if no one else is around and Gun in the hand is better than a cop on the phone. Exactly. So anyway, besides the point, when I turned 21, I knew I wanted to carry handgun. I went on my 21st birthday, went to right to the courthouse and applied for my carry permit. Awesome. Uh, it was later that day that Tyler took me to get my first carry gun. And yeah, it, was not, it wasn't too long before that. I was trying to figure out what carry gun I wanted. I had reached out on, it was right on Facebook, to one of the gun pages we were a part of, local gun pages, and I said, hey, I'm turning 21 in like a week or so. I'm looking to get a carry gun. Does anybody have handguns they would be willing to let me try? And sure enough, a few people did respond back and say, hey, you can try this, you can try that, I got this. And we met up at the local gun range and they let me test fire their carry guns. And what did you ultimately end up going with? I went with the uh, M&P Shield 9mm. Nice. And do you still have that gun? I do not. I sold that. Oh. After I fell in love with the Kimber Ultra Carry 2, 1911. I've heard a couple of women like the, the Kimber, not the Ultra Carry. There, there was another one, one of those models. It, I was talking to someone a while ago, not a while ago. It was some Kimber, I forget which model it was, but it was one of the pocket carries. Yeah, they are very nice. They are they are heavy, but they, they were very nice, and I was able to hit the target with it. I no longer have that one either. I just kind of got out of handguns. They weren't really my thing. Rifles, precision rifles are more my thing. It's funny. I think all, I think all three of us are kind of on the same page with that. We're more rifles than handguns. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, but... I mean, I loved all my handguns that I had. I think those were really actually the two, only two I had besides the Glock 43. I, I did enjoy them. I did carry both of them on me, not at the same time, but out and about. I've used in the waistband holsters, outside the waistband holsters. I even did the concealed carry purse. See, and, I'm not a fan of that just because the second someone, they're going to rob you, first thing they grab, your purse. And Tyler had told me that over and over, which I, it's not that I, and it's not that I didn't disagree with him, but at the time, again, being a new shooter, being new to all of this, 
fairly new, I should say, because at that point, it's been like three, four years. I wasn't comfortable carrying all my person and trying to conceal it. With women, it's not as easy to conceal on your person than it is yeah, for a gentleman. More options. It's yeah, there's like more there options. A few years ago. I know I did like, I'm going to put the name out there, Under Tech Undercover. Is that the name of the under? I don't remember now. Totally butchered that. Hmm. Well, if but they make yeah, we can talk about it later if you figure it out. Yeah, they make leggings or shorts that you put under your pants, and they have the elastic like padding on the inside that you can carry inside the waistband, and it's more comfortable. That's 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 nice, and that's good. That's so you can always, no matter I guess what outfit, or you can dress for the occasion and stay armed and looking great. Yeah, yeah, they were they were very comfortable. I did like I actually still have them, just haven't worn them. Well, I found it very hard to carry on my person, so I carried in a purse. Okay, so it's better than like we said, it's better than not carrying at all. Right. But what I quickly learned, and at the time my nieces and nephews were I think my niece at the time was 5, 6, and we were at another family member's birthday party. I had left my purse unattended with my jacket and I came across my niece inside my purse looking for gum. Ooh, that's a heart attack. So, I, I just, I kind of felt my heart sink for you. Yep. Now, luckily she was not in that pouch because the way the carry purses are set up. But when I went to get it from her so I could get her the gum and she's not digging in it, she ran off with my purse. Oh, and... <laughs> Which was the first thing and the thing that Tyler had always been, you know, as a bug in your ear, I should say, about was they're going to grab yep. your purse. That yep. nightmare. Now, came. yeah, it came really quick. And now she knew she knew what Uncle Tyler did and he, you know, had guns and stuff. So she was made aware and we taught um, my niece and nephew that if they saw it to let us know. If they wanted to handle one, if they wanted to touch it, look at it, whatever. I, if anything, I immediately said, get Uncle Tyler. Yeah, that's, see, that's smart, I think, is teach kids what they are, not to be afraid of them. Because if they're afraid of them and they hide away from them, that's when accidents and problems happen. Right. So when that happened and I caught her and I grabbed my purse and I grabbed her arm, I looked her dead in the eye and I said, do you know what's in my purse? And like you saw her, you saw it click, and she's like, a gun. No, so she she knew, and she knew right then and there she did wrong. Yep, I didn't get angry with her. I didn't yell at her, but as soon as she learned what was in my purse, she knew she did wrong, and she's like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And then also me, I learned don't leave it unattended. Yeah, don't leave it unattended in your purse <laughs> mm-hmm. makes sense now the, the i don't know I, i'm trying to figure out how to word it but was the worst aspect of it the fact that you were like oh crap tyler was right uh <laughs> <laughs> wow way to take his side <laughs> oh man i was just i was just waiting for tyler's response <laughs> oh good one joey <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I was just waiting for the response because that's always been like the second you said the purse, I just thought, I honest to God just thought like, oh man, that's the first thing is, you know, the they the they go for the purse. They go for the purse. That's the worst nope. way. That's the worst spot to carry. But, and I can just picture you chasing after your niece in this situation 
and you're just like, I think you might have even grabbed her by the ponytail. And you're just like, crap, crap, I got to get this and I can't tell Tyler. I can't tell Tyler. <laughs> like, like I just, oh man, I'm sorry. I just, that's just what I'm picturing in my head. It was one of those things he witnessed it all and just stood there like, I told you. He's just sitting there like just nodding, just the silent, just like, yep, this is that moment. Yep. But it, luckily she knew. And after that, luckily they, everything ended like it, it should have. I mean, it ended in the best possible scenario right right absolutely and i mean i was keeping an eye on my purse i guess to a point because that's how i caught her getting the gum but Mm -hmm. now what was what was her um her parents reaction to that too if you don't mind me asking Uh, they didn't really say Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean it was kind of all just taken care of then yeah yeah it was pretty isolated they didn't say much they knew i took care of it they knew she learned her lesson so they were they weren't too angry about it. Again, my That's brother good. grew up with rifles with my dad, gone hunting and stuff like that. So he was more familiar with guns also as he, you know, he moved out with his wife. It wasn't like a big thing he was into. Gotcha. So it just kind of ventured off that way. I know he has his hunting rifles now, but I highly doubt he uses them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of those things he kind of put away for now. But that's good. You guys right. kind of handled it. And like I said, the best best case scenario, I think, was the outcome. And that was what you always want to hear. When it comes to gun safety, you know, I think something we've mentioned is usually there's a lot of base gun safety rules. And in order for an accident to happen, more than one of those rules have to be broken. That's why you have multiple steps. Basically, always keep it in a safe direction. Know what's behind your target. Don't put your finger on the trigger ready, you know, until you're ready to shoot. Things of that nature. If you have it pointed in a safe direction and it accidentally goes off, guess what? No one's going to get hurt because it was pointed in a safe direction. Mm -hmm. And plus with this, like, you know, her niece had an idea, you know, she knew Rose carried and everything like that. Rose picked Mm -hmm. a a decent firearm, you know, 1911 with a thumb safety and, you know, to carry in a purse. That she had another, you know, there was another step to it too because you said there was another pocket. So it was, again, multiple steps before she got to it. So Layers of safety. So everyone everyone was fine and that's, again, why we do that. So everyone's safe. You know, that's one of the main things I think we we talk about here at Across the Gun Counter is is firearm safety. And that's how you do it. You know, make sure multiple steps so even if there is a potential thing that could happen, you, you know, it doesn't happen. And just just to add there, it, you know, you you hear about all these accidental shootings with uh, children in their home or, you know, they come across a firearm at a friend's house or something. And that's the biggest thing. I don't care if you are actively into shooting firearms, if this if that's your thing or not. But y- your children should be familiar as to what they are and basic safety. Mm-hmm. You see what it is, and you don't know how to use it. Leave it alone and get somebody who knows what they're doing. Or if you're a child, get an adult. I was gonna say you're. I say both your kids are obviously growing up in a house with firearms, and including your oldest daughter. She's down there in the shop all the time. There are firearms around all the time. She is not touching them. Every time I have ever been over there, she's never like, ooh, gone, let me run over there and play with that or anything of that nature. The curiosity is- I mean, if anything, she's jaded to it now. She's like, oh, another gun. Basic, exactly. And that's how my boss's kids are at work too. They're pretty much the same way. When you expose kids to that, the curiosity is gone. The fear is gone. Less accidents will happen. 
there was a recent event in the news where something like that happened. I'm not going to comment on those details, but expose the kids to gun. I'm not saying, you know, take them out to be, you know, the next marksman or anything of that nature, but teach them to respect it. Teach them what the firearm is, what a gun is. Don't hide it like it's this evil demon, you know, that that we should scare away and, oh, guns shouldn't, you know, guns are no things for kids. No, absolutely not. I was super curious about guns as a kid. And look at me now. Right. And again, I wasn't brought up actively knowing. I knew what they were, but I knew no safety. Mm-hmm. Didn't know how to handle them, how to pick them up. Was never told, keep your booger hook off the bang switch. Nothing like that until I met Tyler and him and his father took me shooting. That's when they taught me all the basics. And if anything, that is my my biggest thing. Again, I don't care if you're not into shooting, but you should know the basics. See, and that's it. Basic gun safety. Yeah, and I feel like one of the things we did, especially introducing Rose to firearms, was trying to keep it simple. You know, you have two of us watching, but it's like, you know, if you bombard somebody with all these rules, like, don't do this, don't do that, don't ever forget to do that, you know, it it gets overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So I think it was one of the things that's like, look, here, you know, two rules. Keep your finger off the trigger. Keep it pointed in a safe direction. We'll kind of watch it from there, you know. And then as she gets more familiar with it, okay, you know, now make sure safety's always off, bolts open, you know. You keep building on it, you know, because I think that's what turns a lot of women away from firearms. It's just the overwhelming responsibility. You know, there's so many things that have to be done correctly. Mm -hmm. So basically don't bombard them. Yeah, and plus, I mean, the judgmental factor. I mean, what do you think about that, Rose? Like, going to a range and feeling like people are judging you. Oh, that's a big one for me because I was so used to going to private land and shooting with you and your father that when we've gone to public ranges, and because because I'm still such a novice, I'm not so advanced, I do feel like everybody is watching me to see if I'm going to mess up or if I'm not following proper safety protocols or just to see if I can handle recoil like it's it's nerve wracking mm-hmm. see and that's you know we're gonna do a whole nother episode too on range anxiety and I think Rose we're gonna have you back for that one so I think that's a perfect thing because that's an issue I deal with with dealing with public ranges too is just dealing with people watching you you're gonna mess up stuff of that nature I'll make sure I take extra anxiety medicine <laughs> yeah because that's 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 really there, There is something to be said about that with public ranges. Yeah, they're not, they are not always the friendliest places. They can be, but not always, or sometimes right. very intimidating, and for lack of a better term, sometimes kind of creepy. And I, I think for a better perspective would be from you, you would say, yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, and as I've been to a few, I have realized, like, the jerks, that are there, the ones that are judging you, making nasty comments, talking under their breath. They're the ones that make you uncomfortable. But people in the gun industry and shooting that are willing to help you is what makes it all better. And that's why we're, we're all in like this community together. They're willing to help you. They're willing to teach you. And that's what makes it more fun and more comfortable that you start to warm up. It's it's the other quote unquote know-it-alls that the experts stick, yeah they stick their nose up at new people because new people don't know what they're doing yeah and, and those that, are the ones that nobody likes anyway yeah so and they have no friends but 
So, um, you know, Rose, you know, Tyler, I think we're actually, we've been going on for oh, close to an hour now. This is probably going to be one of our longest episodes. Wow. Um, you can cut some of that out, too. But uh, before- You haven't had to bleep me yet. No, that's true. I was going to say our our words almost came back to haunt us there, but- Yep, yep. <laughs> Fuck. Ah, damn it. Um, <laughs> I got the F-bomb over here. I got to drop shit. So, uh, one of my favorite comics. That's I'll have to send that to you if I didn't. But before you know, before we before we finish off here, Rose. So, what would be the the biggest piece of advice you can give to a new female shooter who's going in, walking into a gun store to purchase a firearm? Oh, you got me on that one, Joey. Okay. Advice I would give them as they're going in to purchase a firearm. Going into a firearm, or just you know, who wants to get into guns and they're curious about guns. What would be the 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 biggest piece of advice you can give to a new female shooter advice i would give to a new woman shooter going into the store to buy a handgun rifle shotgun is don't be overly intimidated by anyone else's comments Mm -hmm. get what you feel comfortable with you know if you're going into the store with someone else or even the sales guys and they're saying oh this is the gun you want this is the one you need this is best for you they don't know what's best for you. They don't know what you're comfortable with. You put it in your hand, you shoulder it, whatever you do with that firearm, make sure you're comfortable with it. If you're holding it in your hand and you're like, nope, this doesn't feel right, then don't do it because then you're not going to shoot it. You're not going to like shooting it. It's just going to say or you're going to regret the purchase or it's going to turn you off from shooting it completely. Just just do what you're most comfortable with. That's that's the main thing is being comfortable with the firearm. See, that's it. Just get something you're comfortable with. Someone can steer you in the direction, help lead you there, you know, but drink the water that you want to drink. Absolutely. So I think that's I think that's the best piece of advice you can give any new shooter, let alone a female, which I think says a lot. Females seem to feel more intimidated in a more men-driven industry. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I definitely see that with uh, female shooters coming in, new female shooters, I should say, coming in. Because after you, after any shooter gets their feet wet, they seem more welcomed into the community in general, especially a female shooter. Then they kind of, you know, it's like, oh, this girl, she's a badass. She shoots. Doesn't matter whether she's young, old. You know, hey, Granny can shoot. She's badass. Right. Eight-year-olds. Eight-year-olds shoot. There's eight-year-olds out there that shoot better than grown-ass men in their 50s who've been doing it their whole life. Absolutely, and that says a lot. And I would like to shake that little girl's hand because she is a badass little girl. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that that one girl on on YouTube. I know exactly who you're talking about. I've seen a couple different girls. Oh, maybe I don't know who you're talking about. But. Oh, I'm just saying. In ge- <laughs> I'm just saying in general, you know, just mm-hmm. just younger female shooters. Yes, but it it amazes me, and I can only imagine what my two. I, I'm excited to see what my two girls are going to be like as they get older. Are they going to be more interested? and They want to do competition shooting. Or are they going to say, you know what, I'm, I I get enough of it with dad's business, I'm good. Yeah, so that, that's awesome though, but I can already tell at least the one is going to be shooting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nora in her 
rainbow dress and cowgirl boots down at the range. <laughs> but on that note, I think, guys, uh, wrap it up for the day. Hey, Rose, I want to say thanks for having you on. I know we've been talking about having you on for the show for a long time now. So, Well, thank, thanks for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so we're, we're definitely going to have you back on in the future, I think. And uh, Tyler, I mean, you're you're still there, right? Yep, I'm still here. I just <laughs> got kicked to the side. No worries. No worries. So on that note, guys, I mean, hey, if anyone wants to follow us, uh, they can follow us on, you know, over on Instagram at Across the Gun Counter. They can, file or, they can follow Tyler. Where at, Tyler? At PrecisionRifleWorks.com. And on socials, I'm at PrecisionRifleWorks on both Instagram and Facebook. And Rose, do you want people to follow you anywhere or no? Um, let's see if people are interested in following me. And I'll go from there. <laughs> so, I, don't, I post a lot of my kids. I don't really post gun stuff. So, word sounds good. So, if anyone, uh, well, we'll get to that across that bridge. If anyone wants to follow me, site picture seven six two on Instagram and on YouTube, where I post the hunt showdown stuff. All right, guys, take care, stay safe. Until next time, see you guys. Bye. Come back to a <laughs> You see what you have to deal with? I couldn't resist. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, that's that's going in at the end. That's going in at the end. <laughs> there you go.